This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome back to the WOMED. Um, Danny and I are so freaking excited today. We have Erin from Raw Beauty Talks, and I don't know if you're familiar with her Instagram or her podcast, but holy cow, what an inspirational woman. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Danny and I were actually just talking about how I think we both really needed to talk to you today. Yeah. <laughs> we're glad Erin's starting the and maybe And maybe have you um, be our health coaches. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yes. and after this, we'll probably be asking you what you charge and coming your way. <laughs> so, I got you, girls. What is going on? How is the week starting? And I feel like Monday's Monday morning is always a big one for people. I feel like so many people get the Sunday series and they're like <gasps> getting you know overwhelmed about the week to come and anxiety is going up and you know mm-hmm. we get into this mindset where uh, it just yeah feels totally overwhelming. You land on Monday and you're in it. And then by Thursday, you're like, yeah, let's go for drinks tonight. <laughs> yeah. <Life is> good. <laughs> oh my God. I actually would schedule myself purposely not to have to work Mondays because they were so much fun in Nashville because we'd have oh. like this writer's round that would be playing like every Monday night. And then Daniel, well, you guys should come on a, on a, on a Monday, but we have this bar called five spot that just spins nothing but. Uh, old vinyl and like all like the dancers come out and it really reminds me of that scene in Dirty Dancing where like all the the camp staff is having like their fun dance night and that's like what it turns into so I'd purposely not work every Monday sounds reasonable to me that's That's always like yeah yeah Good. Good. Okay. Well, we're pumped to be here. I'm pumped to be here and uh, so excited to chat more with you. And as I was saying before we jumped on this call, I just want to take a second to say thank you to all the people who are tuning in right now, because as I understand, a lot of, a lot of nurses, a lot of healthcare practitioners, a lot of doctors, and I have my younger sister is just in her last year of residency to become a GP. And I've watched her go through all of her training and school and to see how hard all of you work and how much you give of yourselves to other people. It is so inspiring. And, you know, you just, there really isn't a career or profession that I can think of where you, you're truly showing up for other people every single day. And it's not like you can just miss your shift or you can just show up and be a half depleted version of yourself or hungover mm-hmm. because, it's, you know, it's life and death. It's people who are going through the worst moments of their life. And you're those, you know, shining rays of light sounds cheesy, but it's, it's so true in people's darkest moments. So can we just take a deep breath in and a deep breath out? And can you just acknowledge how amazing you all are? <laughs> well, Aaron's already making me cry. I already yeah. just feel like I'm crying. Cheese. But it's true. Thank you for that. It's true, and I don't think you have enough people who are telling you that. And I know, I'm sure you have patients and families all the time who are saying thank you, thank you, thank you. But I think so often when you're in it and when you're in one of those moments, it's just so intense. The energy that you Mm -hmm. show up to work in every single day is so intense. And so it's just, I mean, that's why I'm excited to be here as somebody who works with women 
on building self-love, on taking care of ourselves as women. I mean, this is the group I feel like that deserves it the most because you give so much. And that's that's part of why I was so excited to speak with you, especially on this podcast. I was like, you're just the perfect fit. And especially as as healthcare providers, we are so notoriously bad at our own self-care because we just, we don't make time for it. We're, we're givers, we're caretakers, we're constantly worried about everyone else. And we, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but I always put everything on the back burner and yeah, I've been, I'm getting a lot better about that. <laughs> I'm but, getting better, but I can't seem to get out of the cycle. Like I can't seem, I sometimes look like Danielle knows what type of schedule I've been running like the last couple of months even. And I keep telling myself I'll get better and then I just don't. So I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I really, I honestly don't. I'm like, I'm just done with myself, but whatever. We're here. So <laughs> noom, 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 noom. <laughs> Danny, how's, how's noom been working for you? Uh, so this week, uh, noom and I have made some strides. I, I told my health coach that I didn't want to log my food, that I just couldn't fathom doing it, honestly. And so part of me kind of wanted to see how she reacted to that. Yeah. And she reacted very well and was like, that's very reflective of you. Um, you know, it sounds like you're wanting to focus on your exercise only, which was completely right. So this week we've been focusing on my exercise and I'm happy to say that I have worked out on every single day off that I've had, which is the best that I have done in months. As you know, I've been super struggling with you, this. Yeah. You've been For very the, busy, yeah, tired, like, stressed. Like the worst in my life. So yeah. I'm pretty proud of myself for working out. I'm proud out, of you too. And I'm going to work out whenever we finish today. So Same. Uh, yeah. I want to so, get all know. my steps in. I like the pedometer function. Oh yeah, you do love that for sure. <laughs> um, have you have you been logging your food still? No, I I slacked off. I was on vacation this week, and oh, that's right. it's the vacation mood. Like I, I you know, it didn't work. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, I, I didn't work uh, while okay. I was on vacation. So, but it's Monday. Back at it. And Noom, Noom only requires ten minutes a day, it's which a is Noom great. Day. That's right. It's a noon day and it only <laughs> requires 10 minutes a day. Perfect. And it's really not about losing weight. It's about creating healthier habits. And that's what, yeah. what they're trying to get us all to do. And I do believe that it's starting to work and I really appreciate their flexibility. Same. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you guys want to try it out, go to noom.com slash WOMED and Get yourself on a free trial. Yeah. It's really, it's been fun putting the work in. And remember, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make for the biggest progress. And you can sign up for your trial today at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash WOMED. Sign up now. I think so many women are in the same spot as you. And I know because I work with so many of them. Yeah. And um, I think you're up against a few things as healthcare professionals and as nurses. Number one being these schedules that you work are not congruent with the rest of society. Like you're not no. working shifts that allow you to kind of function in this system that we've created. Um, especially where, nights. Especially nights. Oh. 
I mean, you work these night shifts that often go into the middle of the day and then you come home and you need to sleep and you truly do need to sleep. I think that's one of the most important things that um, isn't always talked about in regards to our wellness. And we're mm-hmm. living in a time right now where those who can sleep very little are often praised and it's looked at as a good thing. But it it is the foundation of good health. So when you do those night shifts, mm-hmm. it is so important that you come home and sleep. But the struggle with that is that you miss out on the exercise classes. You miss out on the social component. Everyone else who's working nine to five is at work and then going out for a little bit and you're just waking up when everyone else is going to sleep. So, you know, it really creates uh, quite a few challenges and, and it demands of you to create space to give back to yourself more than any other career, I believe. The challenges is that it also takes so much energy from you in some ways that it's hard to get mm-hmm. motivated to do those things because, yeah, because you're just so tired. Exhausted. Exactly. I feel like it's like as close to being a mom as a career, like as a lifelong <laughs> my, my cousin actually said that when she had her baby, I, I asked her because I, I couldn't ever imagine feeling more tired than I've already felt in my life. And so I asked my cousin who is a night shift ICU nurse after she had her baby, I said, so are you more tired than working like five night shifts in a row? And she's like, no, she's like, I'm not more tired than working five night shifts in a row. And the best part about having a baby is that you get a reward, like you have a reward, you know, it's not like you're taking care of people who are mad at you or yelling at you or dying or whatever. She's at least, at least I'm awake with my baby. So that was kind of like reassuring where I was like, okay, well then we'll add on a little anxiety because it's a baby and it'll be like a similar amount of tired because I just don't think I can do any more. So you girls are going to be the best trained moms out there. You're going to, you're going to roll into it. And and be like, I mean, this is alive. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep them alive. Oh, You'll actually be being a mom. <laughs> yeah, right here. For sure. <laughs> oh, you've got like you've got the built-in you know capacity to care for other people. You've worked mm-hmm. night shifts. You are used to giving, giving, giving. I mean, all of these things are things that people struggle with as a mom. And you guys just are going to be ready to breeze into that. You're doing all the hard work (laughs) right now. Let me ask you a question though. I'm curious to know from both of you, what is the reason that you got into doing what you're doing? What's the why behind what you do? Well, it definitely wasn't for the money. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, I guess I'll take it first. I kind of talked about this in like one of the first episodes, but my first experience with the medical field was when my grandpa was in the hospital and passing and having the support of the nursing staff that was there just not only care for me, but care for my family and take care of my grandpa was just like, whoa, like there's, there's people out there that, that have this capacity. And I've always been, I mean, as long as early as I can remember, I'm the one that they, my family called Dr. Danny. Like you had a scrape. I had the band-aids. You like, you fell down. Like I wrapped up your ankle, you know, <laughs> like something like that. Um, and for a long time, I always knew I really wanted to help children and I didn't know in what capacity that was going to be. But as I got older and started learning about more careers and, and, and having that, like some insight into them, I was like, no, like 
I want to be a nurse. Like I want to, I want to help kids. I want to be at the bedside. I want to, I, I want to help heal them, you know, and, and that extended to also having this dream of, which I attained of going to Africa and working with women and children there too. But it was just something I always felt called and compelled to do was to be an active part in other people's lives and, and try and make them feel better. And do you find, um, that you're able to give to yourself in the same way that you give to others? Absolutely not. (laughs) I'm getting better at it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did hit, um, a point and this was after a lot of relationship, emotional trauma that I was like, I, I don't have anything left. Like I really need, I don't have anything else to give out because I'm I'm holding so tightly to try and hang on to something to keep me not whole, but like to, just to try and like give back to myself so that I can be better for other people. Mm-hmm. And it hit a point where I was like, I got, I don't have anything left. Like I need to, I need to conserve. I need to like really start taking some time and steps to really start caring for myself. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so important. And I feel like so often it takes one of those big breakdowns to realize that. And yeah. it takes one of those really hard moments. And I used to say, I'd, I'd love it if women could just avoid having the breakdown, right? Like for me, mm-hmm. it was an eating disorder. I've also dealt with postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish women didn't have to get to that point to... Yeah learn to do this stuff. But I think so often it does take getting to that point and that we can look at those moments. And I'm sure everyone who's listening has been there in one way or another, or will be there at some point in their life where you're having one of these, like come to Jesus on the bathroom floor (laughs) in tears, feels like life is falling apart. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know why you're doing it. You don't know how you're going to like get up the next day. And it sometimes takes those moments um, in order to start to put things into line again in your life in a way where you can move forward in a more healthy, whole, um, in a healthy, whole way. So now I don't look at the breakdown as something bad. I look at it as the opportunity or the launch pad for growth. And so if we can shift our mindset about what's happening there and say, okay, we're breaking apart so that we can rebuild back together so that we can start to put the pieces together, it becomes Mm -hmm. a more positive experience. Although it never feels like that in the moment. It feels like (laughs) hell. (laughs) No, it definitely does. Uh, Yes. And Danny, what about you? What's your why? What, What got you into nursing? Uh, mine was completely different than D's. Completely different. I <laughs> I grew up thinking I was going to be a doctor the whole my entire childhood, basically. And um, then through like a series of events, it just didn't work out, and I got into an, a, re- a relationship with my ex husband, um, which was semi traumatic, but kind of fit together with all of the the pieces and the way I had like veered off in life at the time. Like I was just attracted to the wrong person essentially because of what was going on with me internally. And I quickly realized that the only reason that I ever wanted to be a doctor was because I wanted the title and I thought people would, you know, respect me, appreciate me or whatever when I didn't respect or appreciate myself. So I, I kind of like used my marriage as a like, oh, he's the reason that I couldn't go to medical school, you know, I'm trapped here and blah, blah, blah. So 
I'm going to funnel into nursing school and I'm going to finish and do like an accelerated BSN program. And then I'm going to slide into medical school and like, he's not going to be able to stop me. That's honestly what was going through my head. Then I got into nursing and I loved it so much and I had no idea what nurses actually did. And I fit in so well with everyone. And I have always been a helper. Like I've, I have always been a peacekeeper, a helper, um, wanting to, uh, read, I've been able to like read the situation and, uh, give people what they what they need basically um to make them happy and i think that because of that you know i receive some sort of emotional award growing up and um so by the time i got into nursing i didn't realize this but i it made me feel so good because i was really good at it naturally and it was like helping me build as a person um and I just like I didn't get it. I didn't get why it was making me feel so good. I do now. But so I just kept going with it and I just like breezed forward and I still had some regrets about not going to medical school and occasionally I do when I like look at my salary <laughs> you know, or like or like my student my net income to student loan ratio or whatever. But it's only on occasion and I know that I'm in the right profession for me, but there were definitely a lot of uh like traumatic events that happened in my background that I think made me good at nursing and make made me want to continue. And I'm, there are a lot of nurses like me as well, who have experienced various traumatic events and have Mm -hmm. just ended up in nursing and it's worked and it's, you know, it felt good and we didn't really understand why we were so good at it. But now if you like look back and analyze yourself, you're like, oh, I'm really good at keeping the peace because I had to do that for, you know, 30 years of my life, you know, so you just, you get it. And then nurses end up being being like the coolest people because we've all been through some serious, (laughs) serious business, you know, (laughs) and like, uh, whatever. So yeah, so that's how I got into it. And I can't imagine doing anything differently, but I, You know, I think that feeling that I get from helping people is what pushes me forward. And I don't have my threshold to stop is extremely high. Like I I, it's a problem because if I'm like laying in bed half dead, I will still be doing things for other people. And it's just like not healthy, but I can't I just can't make it stop. So uh, it's just a constant struggle. But. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is something that is innately within so many women to be this giving caregiver and to try and balance the needs of our partner and our kids and our significant other and our families and our parents and all of these things and our friends. I mean, it's the list just goes on and on and we can give and give and give and give. Now, one of the things that you said that was interesting is that so many nurses and caregivers have experienced their own traumatic events. And as somebody who's also in the field of caring or giving, it's a different title, mm-hmm. I can totally, I mean, I think that is so true. It's often when you have experienced something challenging in your own life that, um, guides you into the profession that you're in. One of the Mm. things that can happen when we go through traumatic events is that, and this happens at such a young age and such a subconscious level, we don't even realize it, is that it can cause us to question our own worthiness or our own enoughness. And so (laughs) we, as a result, 
do the thing that gets us those words of affirmation, do those things that um, temporarily make us feel like we're enough. We give and give and give and give and give and we'll give until we're essentially like on our deathbed. And I've been there. I've been there a few times. And the the challenge is, is that when we get to that place, we have nothing left to give anymore. And we're kind of left just to like sit there with ourself. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the point where you have to start doing the work, as I call it, or the life work to understand that all of us are born from a place of worthiness. All of us are born enough. Um, D, you work with kids. I mean, when you look at these children. It's not like you look at them from a judgmental place. It's not like you're like, oh yeah, like you shouldn't take care of yourself. You're not worthy of that. And often we're not thinking this, you know, consciously, but at a subconscious level, we are making choices every day that show to ourselves that we're not enough, that kind of feed back into this belief that we've had since we were very young. So that journey to discovering our worthiness again, to uncovering it, because it's inherently within us, it is the truth, um, is often this the, the, the path that we're on for you know many years of our life. And some people never quite realize that again, and some people realize it sooner rather than later. But I think that when you are in a profession like nursing, it's just so vital to understand your worthiness and to take actions that support that so that you can keep giving so that you can keep showing up for work and so that you're not like a depleted, anxious, depressed, um, unhealthy version of yourself. And I know that's hard, but Mm. I also know it's possible to do it because I've done it. And so many other people have done it as well. Yeah. That, that makes complete sense to me. I, uh, you know, like my defining moment was basically after the end of my marriage. And I think that there were a number of components. I, I, you know, I felt like a huge weight had been lifted off my, my shoulders whenever we finally like split. And then, um, I also felt like such a failure mostly because I had hurt another person so deeply, you know, and it, it wasn't just me hurting him, you know, it was the whole situation, of course, but I took it on myself as like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I let this happen. And I, I have really hurt someone and, um, and you know, he hurt me too. Like, but still it was just the feeling of like, I can never let this happen again. And what like led me to, to being in this relationship and, um, why, like, why have I like hated myself so much essentially? And so, gosh, I was in therapy. I've been in therapy like on and off for so long. And if it weren't for that, I don't think I would have ever been able to evolve to the place that I was. But one of my therapists once, one of, yeah, their therapies, therapy is the way to go. But one of them once said to me, you know, through the whole thing, when I was trying to figure out why I ended up in my marriage and he, he said, you know, there comes a point where caring for other people to the extent that you do can become manipulation. And it wasn't anything that I ever, I never wanted to manipulate people. But what he meant was I was caring for other people to fill myself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything about like 
I did, I did do it because I was a good person, but it had gone beyond that to the point where like, I did need to take care of myself and it was becoming manipulation. So people would like me, you know, Mm. and I just didn't get that. And I think a lot of us may have done that or do that at some point in our lives. And that statement like really changed my outlook on caring for other people. So now I do it a lot still. I still love to care for people. I still love my job, but I really stop and think about why I'm doing what I'm doing before I do it because I, you know, I don't ever want to be a person that's manipulating a situation just to be nice, you mm-hmm. know, because it makes me feel good. So now I just do it because I really like to, <laughs> I really like to take care of people, you know, so uh, that was like a major defining moment for me, but uh, so it helped a little, but I'm still such a <laughs> still cool perspective. Tired, <laughs> yeah. such a cool perspective. And listen, it's not like you figure this stuff out and all of a sudden there's no uh, moments when you trip or there's no moments when you're going to feel tired again. But the 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 goal is that you start to recognize where your status quo is. You start to recognize mm-hmm. when you feel really good and you see yourself dipping and you have the tools, you know what you need to do in order to get yourself back up to a place where you're feeling really nourished and really good again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, I mean, on that note, if we're looking at figuring out how to take care of yourself, that's a whole nother conversation as well, because with media today and the messages that we're receiving in media, there are a lot of things that we feel we should be doing. And this is accurate even within the whole realm of self-care. It feels like we should be doing a face mask every Monday and a hair mask every Tuesday and going to yoga three times a week and drinking 10 glasses of water and taking those vitamins. Like it can be exhausting just trying to do and all the kale, all the kale, all the chickpeas. Yeah. Everyone's vegan right now. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I can't eat kale personally. It like really upsets my stomach. So I don't even know if I am deserving of a health coach title because I don't even know. (laughs) But, you know, there's all these things that we feel like we should be doing to take care of ourselves. And that list can become quite overwhelming. So one of the things I encourage people to do is to create a nourishment menu. So it's going to be a list of things that nourish or fill you up, the things that make you feel better. And these things can be different for different days. So you might have a nourishment menu that is for after your night shift. You might have one for, Mm -hmm. you know, your weekend when you have a couple of days off to rest and they might look completely different. Your nourishment menu also shouldn't be something that feels overwhelming. It shouldn't feel like a list of shoulds. It should feel like things that you really want to do. So that might be watching an episode of Kardashians. It might be doing a face mask. It could be, um, going for a long walk with a coffee with a friend. It could be, I mean, whatever, I mean, there's a million things we could add to this list, but essentially you're going to create a list of things that fill you up. And then when you're having one of those moments, when you start to feel down or anxious or overwhelmed, you can go to that list and say, okay, what do I need to pull from this right now? That's going to help fuel me. That's going to help make me feel better. I've got things like napping on there, jumping in the lake. I live in Whistler and we have beautiful lakes. And I find whenever I'm in water, I just feel 
so much more calm and mm-hmm. connected to the environment and earth and a bigger picture. Um, yeah. So it could be calling a friend and having a really good conversation that's not surface level. That's the kind of thing and the kind of detail that I would put in my on my nourishment menu. And your nourishment menu is going to look completely different than somebody else's because we're all different and we all need different things at different times. So part of the battle is tuning out of what everyone else is doing. I mean, I am one who spent a lot of years looking at what celebrities are doing, like what, uh, what are they eating? What kind of workouts are Mm -hmm. they doing? So stopping that and really tuning into your own body and your own heart and soul, um, and figuring out what lights you up and what you need in different periods of time. Um, I've started to look a little into Ayurvedic medicine, which is an ancient Indian form of, um, or of medicine. And it's super Mm -hmm. interesting. I mean, you can kind of take little bits and pieces from it, but, um, if you, if you, I'll send you a link to some, um, articles on that. And I'm a Vata, a Vata, um, energy type. And it says for, you know, individuals like us, always keeping your feet warm is a huge thing in regards to feeling grounded and reducing anxiety. Always cold. (laughs) I can tell both of you are are Vata for sure. Um, with Vata as well, when there's cold feet, (laughs) I do. Vata's often tend to, if there's a problem, they think, what have I done wrong? What, what did I say? How have I shown up in Pitta, which is another one, which is often more of like a fiery energy type and they can get angry quickly. They'll often think, what did you do wrong? Or what did someone else Mm -hmm. do wrong? Anyways, none of this is based in science. And so, I mean, it's going to be completely different than what everyone is all about, but I just find these things super fascinating. And the more you like look into this stuff, you can kind of start to pull things that Mm -hmm. work for you and, and, and little, you know, ideas essentially is what it comes from. So, um, yeah, I really encourage everyone to either push pause right now in this episode or at the end, take a blank piece of paper or your journal and write down your own nourishment menu. It's something that you can turn to when you're having one of those tough moments. I love that. Cause I just used to sit there like, if like there was like, just like craziness happening at work, you know, I'd, I would sometimes have to go into the bathroom, into the, the, the secret bathroom that like, that's like hidden that like people, <laughs> they either oh, yeah. use it to poop or they go to like, yes. they go to cry. They just need it. Poop, poop it's, or cry. Yeah. Poop or cry. It's a poop that's or cry it. bathroom. Oh my Everyone God. has Because it was, it's the most quiet space on the unit where like you can't hear the alarms. Like I'll, I'll leave like the charge phone in the office and just go like and take like five minutes because you just you just need that quiet mm. or when i'm leaving work <laughs> i just need to sit in my car for a hot minute <laughs> yes yeah and absolutely just have quiet. like after a night where you just like you just need quiet you need nobody asking you for something no one asking you to come start an iv no crying child no alarms going off like you just need space to hear nothing for a few moments. Oh and my just God. Breathe. I completely understand that. My sister comes home every, after every shift and she goes directly into the shower. <laughs> she yeah. probably stays there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> just no one can access yeah. her. You're like warm, quiet. Yes. It's yeah. Oh. yeah. Your sister, your sister needs to ask the nurses where that 
poop cry bathroom. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. We all have one. Yeah. We definitely all oh, have one. I love yeah, it. So. That is the best. Oh my God. But that nourish that I started tearing up again. Like, what is the deal with you? You have like something special about you. You made me tear Very. up again when you mentioned like the nourishment list. I don't know what the heck is I have wrong, nothing wrong special. I just um have been in that place so many times when I know when you're feeling depleted, when you're feeling like you're not enough, when you're feeling like you don't really know even, um, where to begin or you're like, I've I've begun, I've done the self-care stuff. I've gotten myself, you know, the workout plan and I've packed healthy food Mm -hmm. last week, but now I'm failing again at it. And why am I not able to show up for myself and why am I not better? And you know, all the negative self-talk that starts, streaming in. And that negative self-talk that comes in is always louder when we're exhausted. It's always louder when we're tired. So the first thing is go take a nap, figure out a way to get some sleep. Send Mm -hmm. your, like, if you've got kids, get a babysitter, get your parents over. I don't care if you've just worked a whole night shift and you feel like you need to be there with them. You're not able to show up properly for anyone when you're in that state. And so go take an hour or two hour nap and start again. Press reset. <laughs> I promise I the world will look reset. brighter. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Everything oh. looks better after a nice power nap. <laughs> it sure does. That's 100%. one thing I can do. Yeah. Anytime. I'm a professional Anytime. napper. Me too. I remember having, being in labor with my first child, James, who's now four. And it was like a 19 hour labor. Everything went really well and was, you know, as good as you could have hoped that it would gone. But have either of you worked in labor and delivery ever? Yeah. So I work NICU and I actually, um, will like, if I'm on charge, I go to like all the deliveries. Okay. So So. your t-shirt, which says gangster life right now (laughs) is so (laughs) true. Hold on. What does it say? Gangster vibes. Oh, gangster vibes. I thought it said gangster life. I'm like, that is so (laughs) applicable to your life. Um, because I was at the like peak of my labor. First Mm -hmm. of all, I went into labor being like, I'm going to be so zen and quiet. (laughs) I'm not going to make any of those noises. That's so dramatic. And I'm going to like have this like beautiful, I don't know, Enya, labor. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was the loudest person in labor you have ever met. I sounded like a dying animal of some sort. I couldn't oh even keep God. the sound in. It was, it was so, um, intense at the end. Like I've also had friends mm-hmm. who were like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. I was like, I'm literally going to die. And I remember saying, to the nurses who are around me holding my hand and stuff, like, I don't know who would ever pick this job. Like, how are you guys? Who would ever sign up for this? Like, it's the most traumatic, intense experience ever. Yeah. And I pray to God nobody who is very pregnant is listening to this right now because everybody's labor is different. I didn't yeah. have an epidural. I probably should have. And, you know, it, <laughs> it, um, I just remember thinking like the, intensity of the energy in that space. And I was having a very Mm. normal labor, like nothing was going wrong. There was no, like, it wasn't even an emergency situation. And I'm like, how are these people in this room right now? And not like screaming and crying and breaking down. (laughs) So the amount that you are giving and the amount of energy that is surrounding you that requires you to fill your cup at a much faster like level than anybody 
many other professions, it's so intense, like the amount that you have to give back to yourself in order to be able to show up. So just remember that, like compared to normal people, what you're experiencing is not normal at all. <laughs> yeah. no, I forget that. Not. And don't feel bad about, about the, the noises. I've heard li- literally some of the most terrifying, like, <laughs> run, like, my spine cold noises come from women. <laughs> and, and then it's like, baby's out. And they're like, oh, my God, okay, this is great. And they're, like, getting their tears stitched up. And they're, like, can't feel anything. Yes. It's overwhelming, like, oxytocin and love hormones are like, holy crap, look at this awesome child on my chest. Oh my God. I mean, we do it again, so it can't be that bad, but in the moment it's like so animalistic. It is. No, it truly is. And it's so so awesome. Like I love, I love watching births. I love being present for that. It's so freaking cool. You're so cool that you can do that. It's so gangster, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) human body is just so awesome. Like the, it is awesome. The the tiny intrinsic things that have to happen as soon as like labor starts and this baby is suddenly not swimming in amniotic fluid and it, and it like knows to take a breath. Like it's so wild. It blows my mind every single time. Birth is awesome. It's so fun it to is, watch. It's incredible. It is. I'll give it that oh, for sure. Yeah. The female body is unreal. I mean, seriously. I was <laughs> – Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to segue a little bit here. I was talking to some of my uh, girlfriends because I had this like royal, I'm on my period right now. And I like, I, it felt like a bloody massacre like just <laughs> yesterday. And I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, I immediately text like my girl group, my girl gang group chat. I'm like, what if men had periods? What if they suddenly started bleeding out of their penis like every month? Like what? What would they do with themselves? Oh, it would not be good. And then one of the girls asked their husband, and he goes, "I don't, I don't know where a condom." (laughs) (laughs) Which is the most random statement? Wear a condom, like that's going to help anything. So many bad visuals right now, ladies. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's so good. It's so true. I mean, I don't think they would deal with it well. I swear my husband no. gets like a paper clip and it's like, I mean, a paper, um, I mean, a cut. sliver. I can't even yeah. say <laughs> a paper a cut. Or a paper cut. <laughs> and it's like no. game over. That's uh, right. No, I the know. female body is capable of, and not, not even just the body. Like, I feel like the female mind is much stronger on a lot of levels because we do have to, well, we take on the care of household, everyone else, and we're able to do that and everything. create life and everything. But then, you know, and- then, we, then we burn out. <laughs> we get really but we can get a little bit of grace when that happens because, I mean, really, all things added up together. It's kind of um, a recipe for burnout. It really it is. is. It really is. <laughs> and I think, I think that's why... Um, burnout is so high, particularly in the medical field and constant giving. Yeah. And I just, I, I want to find a way to help more nurses with that. And like, I don't, I just don't know. I, I don't even know where to begin with that because it's like you said, it's so different. Like self care looks so different for everyone. But I mean, I know I've been struggling with it a lot lately because just 
for for the last 12 years, I've I've seen so much life, but I've also seen so much death. And it's not like people who have lived a long full life. It's it's infants who have haven't had a shot at it yet. You know, or you've yeah. grown really attached to over the last like 7 or 8 months and then you know something ultimately happens or they get sent home with this family and something goes wrong and or a family that shouldn't have been able to take them home in the first place, but you know, or it's so traumatic. It's so, it's so, so it's so hard. And it's, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you in this case, because you're literally seeing the hardest things that life has to offer. And it's served to you on a platter every single day. And the only gift I can think that would come out of that is the realization that life is finite, that we don't get an unlimited number of days that there is only so much time to feel joy, to create Mm -hmm. love, to um, spend time with our loved ones, to say the things we want to say to our loved ones, to show up for ourselves and to, you know, really create space for us to be and become the person that we're meant to be. And so the one thing I think about this every time I go to a funeral, um, I think funerals or celebrations of life or memorials Mm -hmm. are so important for the people who are living as a reminder yes. to start living again, because yes. so often we turn off into this mode of, you know, just going through the motions or I'll worry about that later, or I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep on this path of negative self-talk because I don't really know how to get out of it. And so I'm not sure what to do and whatever, this is just life. This is just how it is. Well, that's not the truth. And that's a very, and it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. But the thing is that there are there are problems with the system of our medical care. And mm-hmm. I don't believe that um, anybody who is working in a hospital environment, whether it's a nurse, a doctor, a counselor, um, the admin staff at in the ER room, whoever it is, that mm-hmm. they should be working any more than a six to eight hour shift because the stuff that you're, you're dealing with requires so much from you. And so you need the time to rebuild and refuel. And I don't know either how that system starts to change because it's been there and in place for so long. But I know that this generation of individuals who are there right now have the voice, have the capacity to start to create changes there because it is really hard to, um, to create change when you're in an environment or a system that isn't supporting your own wellness and that has mm-hmm. such high expectations of you. I mean, I know in, in Canada, we have amazing healthcare, but our doctors are working incredibly long hours. There's a shortage. Nobody can find a family doctor. Um, so yeah. there's some serious issues there as well. And yeah, it's, I think that, I think it all starts with having conversations like this and mm-hmm. building up the fire and the passion to create change, which uh, creates conversation and stimulates conversation with admin staff and, you know, slowly, hopefully things will shift and change. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And I think it has a lot to do with healthcare reimbursement and laws and whatever, because I mean, honestly, the whole reason we got into this massive 12 hour shifts for nursing staff was money, you know, it's cheaper to have, you know, two nurses work for an entire day than have three nurses work for an entire day if you're doing or four, you know, depending on the length of the shift. So if mm-hmm. we each just work a 12 hour shift, then you only have to train two nurses versus three. So, um, you know, like I feel like so much of it goes back to money and same thing with, 
you know, death and dying, I'm in the same position that Danielle is. I've just seen a whole bunch of adults die versus kids mm-hmm. and um, our babies. And, you know, we're really great in this country keeping people alive, but we're really bad at when it's time for them to die. And there's no money in dying, but there's a whole lot of money in keeping people keeping alive, someone alive for, you know, a year or whatever. And so it's, it is super sad, but I agree. I mean, I, I think the first, first way to move forward is to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I've always said with my platform, like, I'm starting to get tired, <laughs> so I'm not sure like how long. I had all of these huge goals like I'm going to get nurses paid maternity leave and I'm going to have higher wages for us and I have all of these like crazy goals in my head, but if I could like This is why you need somebody, to run for like Senate. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I could like inspire somebody to help make those changes, then I feel like I've just won. So um, we are a sassy generation, I will say. Yeah. We're not a bend over and take it generation by any means, so no. maybe some of of it will start to progress forward. Mm, absolutely. absolutely. Even absolutely. if it's just like actual dedicated breaks. Yeah. You know, yeah, if, like, one thing at a time. if we're working 12 hour shifts, like give us two, give us a two hour break, you know, give us a space yeah. where we can go and take like a nap, like give us a quiet room oh. where we can separate for a second and recharge. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, like, all of these just sound so basic to me. I can't right. even believe you don't get maternity leave. That is, you get three months. You get, so you, most hospitals give, so you get PTO. So you accrue paid time off every two weeks on your paycheck. And that's your maternity leave, your vacation time, your sick time. So Mm -hmm. it's another way that like, for instance, my sister-in-law works for Sony, which is a great company. And she gets paid maternity leave for, I believe, four months. And then she has the option of taking two more months at 60% of her pay. Whereas if you're a nurse, if, you know, in most hospitals, (laughs) you have to use all of your PTO for your maternity leave. If you don't have PTO, they will give you short-term disability, which will pay 60%. And then you have to Beg, borrow, and steal PTO from your friends if to get paid maternity leave. If your hospital allows that, if your hospital allows it for three months, and that means you don't get any vacation, any sick time paid, yeah. you know, because you're using it all on your maternity leave. So it mm-hmm. takes you another year to save it up. So you're saving it up for a year to pay for your maternity leave, and then you're saving it up after you use it. If your you know, hospital and go- system works like that, right? And God forbid something goes wrong and your baby needs to be in the NICU or something, mm-hmm. you know, and so they do that. For I don't know if it's the same for physicians, but I'd almost be willing to bet that it's very close. So it just blows my mind that like, you know, somebody, my sister-in-law is a lawyer for Sony and she gets those great benefits, which I think are fantastic. And I think everyone should get them. But then here Mm -hmm. we are in the hospital system, like literally giving every second of the day to everyone and we can't get you know, it's just commonplace for us not to have that. So people expect it, you know, it's not anything that people, people just think it's like fair. It's just the way things are. Do you think we're easy to take advantage of? Yeah, for sure. Because we're women, one, one, we're women, two, we're, you know, major givers and three, like most of the time we'll do things for other people. Like, far better than we do it for ourselves and we're tired so we don't even have the strength to like fight <laughs> fight for it to change so i think we're like in prime a Plus prime place to be taken advantage of no one else is going to do the job right exactly like, nobody else wants that. to do this stuff yeah 
<laughs> so, oh my but we God, love it too. Never close. <laughs> so yeah, so I think that we're just like. I'm hoping, you know, someday down the road, this stuff will change. It's yeah. not right. I think the solution I'm that's coming to mind for me is you should move to Canada. Where oh, believe me, have- <laughs> um, that's been on my radar, <laughs> just in case. Come to Vancouver. It's absolutely gorgeous. You still have to work a night shift, but you get 18 months maternity leave, 12 months paid, and... What? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. And we and need more nurses and doctors. In United States. <laughs> oh my God. And you know, like the yeah. nicest people I know are from Canada. Oh, like yeah. my, my hospital gets a whole bunch of fellows and residents from Canada. I'm not exactly sure why, but I love them all. And I know when they're from Canada. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I ask Canadian. them and they'll tell me where. Yeah, I've got to go visit sometime soon. You do. Come but. visit me. We'll go out for wine and you can take a nap <sighs> in our couch anytime. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I will like nurse you back to health. In the lakes. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I love it. That sounds awesome. Good. Oh my gosh. Well, we like didn't do a lubrication question. We, we didn't, didn't do anything. Anything <laughs> moment. That's fine. I mean, this was like such a good episode. Can we do one lubrication question? Because I just think they're so funny. Yes. And I actually had a really good thing for the nurse D energy moment. Sneak it in. Oh, you did? Okay. All right. So we'll start it. It'll just be at the end here. Well, let's do a lubrication question first. Okay. Um, And I actually have one written down, but I, I was like, it's not my normal funny style. Style. It was. I was just wondering what your favorite form of self-care was. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were going to say a lubrication. <laughs> your favorite form of lubrication? I mean, you can tell me that too. Okay. <laughs> My favorite form of lubrication is called Woo More Play, and it is Ooh. an organic coconut-based, and it um, tastes like vanilla. It tastes like a vanilla cupcake. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. I've had a lot of people say that they just use straight up coconut oil. And I was like, no, really? You can, but trust me, this is an upgrade. I swear once you try it, you will not go back. And um, it's all like supernatural, organic. And it is in this like pretty discreet package. And so I absolutely love it. Um, okay. And then my other one, what is my favorite <laughs> self-care tool? I'm gonna it's take, actually your lubrication. It's, <laughs> that is 100% <laughs> my favorite hey, form of self-care. self-care. <laughs> self-care, self-love all okay. wrapped into one. Yeah. Um, no, I would say that, uh, absolutely. This is boring because we already talked about it, but it's the truth. I would say napping and sleep is the number mm-hmm. one thing for me. Uh, and sometimes I find when I'm uh, almost when I'm tired or when I'm overwhelmed and when I need it the most is when I want to do that the least because I'm like, I don't yeah. have time to take a freaking nap. Like, yeah. who has yeah. time for that? There's like kids and work and uh, the house is dirty and I need to do the laundry, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We all have a list of 500 million things. But the thing is like, you can't approach any of that stuff in the way that you want to show up in the world from like yeah. a calm, cool place. You're like a little mini tornado who's about to cry and you know, you're snippy at everyone. You're just, it's like, just go take a nap, like go yeah. take a nap. And again, reset. Um, another favorite form of self-care is, oh, I love, um, 
like smut magazines, like the stuff that I tell people not to read, but like an us weekly and a quiet moment on the couch. And I just like, don't have to think about anything. And it's like such garbage for my brain and the Kardashians, (laughs) like those two things make me so happy, so happy. So they're on my list. I That's feel awesome. you on a spiritual level. <laughs> I, I would have said, I, I honestly, do you care if I just segue into my answer? Cause I'm do it. already interrupting. Yeah. I just feel, well, my self-care is napping for a hundred percent. I, I am a different person after a 30 minute power nap and yeah. I can go down, <laughs> I can sleep for exactly 29 minutes and wake up and go again. And it's like, it's everything to me. Yes. And then, uh, I recently, had a day last week where I laid on my bed and watched the entire season of the Kardashians because I hadn't watched it yet this this year. So I got through the whole like Chloe drama (laughs) and I just couldn't stop. And I was so depressed. I was so depressed before I started because I get really sad when my parents leave. So I I, like give myself two days to recover from them leaving or me Mm -hmm. leaving them. So that's what I did. So I laid on and then I popped up after that at like 4 p.m. And I was like, God, I feel so much better. Oh, good. So, uh, yeah. So those are mine too, not to like copycat you, but, but, but I, and I apparently need to try your lube. Do you have a lube, Danielle? <laughs> are you going to say your lube too? Well, um, it's like, it's called Yanni oil. <laughs> My God, I'm so lame. I just, mine's Swiss Navy. Like I just, Swiss Navy changed my life, but apparently oh. I need to go this organic lube situation. Well, so I got I'll, mine I'll off of moon juice. That. It's really nice, but it's, it smells like roses and it's like just a good, you know, yes. um, that's so natural Danielle. care oil that just like <laughs> makes so everything her. super soft. It smells like roses and is super soft. It is not more Danielle Maltby than that. Jeez. <laughs> I okay, love okay. it. All right, you go D. Okay. Um... My favorite form of self-care has actually been, um, well, it's like two things. I used to love, I used to be a dancer and I've like recently found my way back into, um, taking classes and my friend Joy teaches them and it's so much fun. And it just, sometimes you just need to move, you know, for me, it's like expressing how I'm feeling through movement is always just kind of lifted like that pain and stuff back off. I wouldn't say like recently developed, but I have become more aware of the communities of women that have been surrounding me lately and how much I need them and how it's just, it's just so lovely to have these groups of women to talk, just talk to, you know, Mm -hmm. and to, to be able to like send random messages about like, what if men had periods? (laughs) (laughs) but just to laugh with and 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 talk about things that are going on it's just it's so needed so and I think that's something that would be great for for everybody everybody needs that sense of community Mm -hmm. and that really helps me recharge I love both of those I think the fact that you are going back to something that you loved when you were younger, which Mm -hmm. is such a good starting place for somebody who's like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what I enjoy doing. Think about the things you loved doing when you were little, when, Mm -hmm. you know, you had no, when it didn't matter if you made money from them or if they were cool or not cool. It's like, you just did them because they brought you joy. And so I love that you're going back to dance. And I completely agree with having a group of women, in your corner 
on a text string, whatever it is, yeah. is next level. We have a group with Raw um, on Facebook called Stepping Into Self-Love that mm-hmm. is over, I, I think, over 2,000 women. And so if you don't have that tribe, then we got your back. Come find us in there. And That's amazing. <laughs> we what, tell us all of Tell us all of your social media, blog, every podcast, like everything. Like where they can, find, can you. find you. All the things. Okay. So come find yeah. us at rawbeauty.co. That's where you can find a list of all of our podcast episodes. You can find our um, launch interview series that we started the whole Raw Beauty Talks conversation with back in 2014. And that features women without makeup, um, photo editing or filters. And we just have real raw conversations about everything from like, um, periods to plastic surgery, to confidence, Mm -hmm. all the things that you would talk about in that girl group. Um, and then we, by the time this releases, we'll have our raw signature course out. We have one starting in Mm -hmm. September and one, um, again, starting in in January. (laughs) I love you. Um, and so you can check, find that on the website. We're also on Instagram at raw beauty talks and at raw.beauty.co. So please um, come on over and also take a screenshot of this episode as you're listening and share it on social and we'll regram it from our page. We love hearing um, all about what everyone is finding helpful. And it's just honestly, when you're doing this kind of thing, I don't know if Dee and Danny, um, if you find the same thing, because we have a podcast as well called Raw Beauty Talks. And um, I feel like everyone thinks that you're getting like thousands of messages from people and that, you know, it's like your inbox is constantly flooded and like, yes, people reach out, but I Mm -hmm. respond back to every single message that I receive right now. I love hearing from people because the whole reason I think for all of us that we're doing this is to actually connect with other people and we don't like hearing the sound of our own voice. So Mm -hmm. I love it when people send a DM or when you screenshot and share, you know, that you've listened to the episode, it really means the world. And, um, I, yeah, I appreciate it so much. Well, I appreciate you. You've no. blown me away. This, <laughs> I, I keep saying this might be my favorite episode every single time. But I, <laughs> my favorite part about this is meeting new people and, and hearing what your, you know, your passions are and what you're trying to do for I love this, it. <laughs> this life. Yeah. Like you're incredible. You've like almost made me cry twice, which never happens by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I am not a crier at all. And I just, you say that, but you've um, been crying a lot. <laughs> well, not like you've been, a lot. You've been like, <laughs> like the last six more emotional. months. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on with me. Hormones or something like the last mm-hmm. six months. But, um, but yeah, I just, uh, I am, I am so impressed with you like I thank you I really you're really I'm incredible. very grateful for you right yeah. back at both of you I am so. so grateful for you thank you for hanging in there in the labor rooms thank you for hanging in there <laughs> with the um elderly and adults as they pass on to the next journey everything that you do is so appreciated by so many even if you don't get half the credit or paycheck that you deserve oh <laughs> thank you so much and uh Ooh, we have to do a nurse or uh a big energy moment, a big, oh, a, a nursing energy, energy moment. Yeah. So I want to know what, um, what happened like this week that just made you feel very strong and empowered, um, at peace, anything that just really warmed your heart and made you feel good. Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, and Danny and I mean, like, and we'll all share <laughs> just a feel good moments. 
Um, I think for me, it is always in the coaching sessions that I do. And when yeah. people have these aha moments that for me, like it's nothing that I've done. I'm literally just held space for them to figure out their own shit. And when they mm-hmm. have that moment where they're like, Oh my God, or this is why I've been doing that. Or that's why the self-sabotage is showing up. Um, that for me just feels like I am in line. I'm serving my purpose. I, I don't know. I feel, yeah, I feel my strength in that moment and it really fills me up. That's why I do what I do. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it really is. And it's so special. It's so, so needed. Oh my gosh. It's definitely needed. (laughs) 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 Oh Danny, you want to go next or do you want Um, to do? Yeah. I mean, mine's not like the most great this week, but I, my parents came to visit Cleveland for the first time and they are getting older and it's just been such a, like a weird life transition over the last five years or so where I'm like more of a caregiver to them than they are to me in some way, uh, some ways. But um, mm-hmm. I just feel like our relationship has evolved so much over the last like five to eight years since they've gotten older and like mellowed out and I've gotten older and mellowed out. And I just love the way that we interact now and we're so comfortable with each other. And I have such a deep appreciation for them that seems to grow almost every single day. And so, yeah, so I've really, that like really made me feel good. And I really noticed it this time when they came to visit for some reason. So, um, Mm -hmm. so anyway, that's that. (laughs) I love that. Yes. So D. (laughs) Well, I got a message from a family that I used to take care of. A mom texted me and she sent me some pictures and just wanted to reach out. And they're getting ready to do another surgery done. And she just wanted to reach out and say that she's been praying for God to provide us with nurses just like you that will love our boy, have the knowledge to handle everything he throws at them and gets them through this. And She was on to say, we are so thankful for all the hard days you helped us get through. Without you, he wouldn't have made it this far. And that they would just, you know, love to see me and catch up. And it just... Oh, my gosh. Made me want to cry. (laughs) No, I'm crying. It hit me at, like... So wonderful. The best point. And I'm just so grateful. So, so grateful. So if, if any of you guys are out there listening that, like, aren't in the medical field or if you are and you've you've built like any sort of relationship with any of like your nurses or doctors and find a way just to reach out to them you know it really it really lifts us lifts us up it really affects us more than you know because like we we don't get those thank yous all the time and it's not that we're doing this for the thank yous but it it helps us know that we're we're doing the right thing that we're on the right path and yeah. i'm just very very grateful Oh, so. that's a beautiful letter. Yeah. I didn't read the whole thing because I didn't want, like, <laughs> HIPAA, <laughs> you know, <laughs> patient privacy. But um, it was, yeah, it just really touched me. So, so. sweet. So, yeah. so sweet. This is this has just been such a, a beautiful conversation. And, and I know we've, we've gone a bit longer than we normally do, but it's such an important message. And, Erin, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to speak with us. I think Danny and I will be signing up for your class in September. <laughs> right. Right. Aww. I've just heard all the warm, wonderful things about you and, and have followed you. Over, I, I found you through Caitlin. 
Um, and it's just, I'm, I'm just very grateful. This is a great episode for today and great talks that I know I needed. And I think Danny really needed to, um, so as always, you can, you can find us at the WOMED on Instagram and Twitter and DM us with any suggestions for more episodes, what you liked about it, what you didn't. I am going to try and be a lot better about getting back to messages <laughs> because I'm not that good at it all the time, but I want to make more space for that because that community, like we talked about, is, is really important. So I think... Until next time. Yeah. WOMED out. Thank you so much for having me, girl. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thanks again, Erin. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye.